0: I'm not, I I am and I'm not going to share a whole lot out of Scripture today. Uh, Because it's just not what God has led me to. Or it's not where I've stumbled to. One of the two. The Lord will determine that, I suppose. But what I do want us to do is think about this day. Today is the Pentecost. You know, and as a Young, charismatic in the seventies, the early seventies, by the way, when I was young, uh, Pentecostal was always about power. You know, about you know, you, you, so every sermon that I heard most of my life was about the Holy Spirit falling and receiving power and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and so it was always about. Getting to that place, right? Amen. The uh, Wayne, you better pray for this word real quick. <laughs> I just realized, boy, this is this is close to going off the rails already. So, pray, <laughs> Father.
1: Thank you so much for just the, the freedom, the ability, health-wise and otherwise, to be here together. thats mm-hmm. yes, Did you come to you? And to acknowledge that You are our Father in Heaven, that, you, um, that You've drawn us here together today. And as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, Lord, we do ask, Holy Spirit, that You will just manifest Yourself in complete and total freedom, yes. I know that where You're present, that there is freedom. So we pray for Father Ron, You give him complete freedom and trust, and just Uh, relax into your spirit and trust that uh, the words that come forth from his mouth will be the ones that you want him to speak and that they will touch our hearts and change our lives. And we ask this all in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I put the mic in a different place and Brian's trying to figure it out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I have nothing to do with it. But anyway, back. Uh, so I've heard uh, Kajiian sermons on the power of God and the Holy Spirit, and it's, and, um, the uh, we tend to think as charismatics, I guess, and even as just non-charismatics, that like the Holy Spirit, the whole thing about the Holy Spirit is about that power. And it certainly is. There certainly is power in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit heals people, delivers people, sets people free. All of those things are what the Holy Spirit can do and will do and does. Uh, But how do you receive that? You know? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? How do you receive. And, and let me explain to you. Read the chap- book of chapter of Acts. It says, I believe it's four times in the chapter of Acts, see the three or four, that they were again filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in is, yes, it's a once kind of a thing that happens, but it's not just a once thing that happens to you. Throughout your life, you will experience moments in time when there's a breakthrough of some kind, and you're again are are empowered by the Holy Spirit either for something uh, a ministry or something very specific or what I think most of the time happens is that you're healed of a broken place and you're set free from bondage that's been there because of the broken places in our lives so let's just think a minute about these disciples They were not a very good lot, of guys. They were not the guys that I would pick. Would you? You know, there's always doing, you know, like arguing. Who's who's the greatest and all? And I have this picture in my head now. Uh, This has nothing to do other than you have to really stretch to relate to this. But one of my best friends, actually a, a real sister of mine, uh, Linda Talir, That's a say, uh, she teaches preschool children in Salem at our school that we have down there. And so they just had their graduation for preschool, which I've never, I, you know, I'm old. I don't understand that. You know, like, they kicked me out of preschool to get, me, to get rid of me. They didn't graduate me. They kicked me up, you know. I never graduated anything. I just got kicked up. But the whole idea of a preschool graduation with a gown, it's just like, well, I don't understand it. I don't have to. The kids enjoy it. But anyway, during their graduation, two of the students which are cousins, which one is the bishop's nephew, adopted, and the other is the uh, bishop's grandchild, which is an adopted child. They're both African-Americans that's been adopted by white parents. And obviously, white parents struggle with understanding black children and how to negotiate things with them, because, because most of the time it's really not the parents. I shouldn't have said that. It's really that these children are born usually by, in, with drug-induced, by with drug-induced moms and stuff, so they come with built-in issues you know, uh, to, oh, that they have to overcome in life, of uh, how to think and act and stuff. But anyway, th- th- they just remind me of these early disciples arguing because t- these two kids, Winston and James, got into a fight. (laughs) And they're at one point, they're on the floor in the middle of the church (laughs) wrestling (laughs) each other. I kind of got that picture of these disciples sometimes almost being like that. They get in these arguments. And if you've ever been around Jewish people, they get very emotional and very heated pretty quickly and stuff. Uh, So anyway, now I have another look at the disciples. as James and... And Winston fighting on the floor, and now you have the leader of these guys he's like I mean he's a loser when you when, if you're just looking at what we know about him to a certain point in life. I mean he's always saying stuff and then he's always like undoing whatever it was he said, about his actions or unbelief or different things Did not you know from everything. Um, you know um, Peter's just a mess and, uh, and all these guys were because they were living in a time that was a mess they was living in a time where the Romans were killing people just to kill people to prove a point and to terrorize nations the, uh, history tells us that typically when the Romans were overtaking occupying a country you did most any little thing and they would crucify you well, you know, not on a cross as we know Christ was, but they would hang you and and nail you to post. And the, and the roads leading into the towns would be lined with these posts, with these bodies. And this was to terrorize. Because the, ru- the Romans ruled by fear. Of everywhere they went. And so this is, these guys are grow, this is what they're living in. You know? and all. Uh, and so they're just... Kind of like we are, if you really think about it, you know? And like, we can sometimes take a little pride in the fact that we're not quite as bad, maybe. But sometimes we're even worse, also. (laughs) Because we're just like they were, just typical guys. And so how did they get filled with the Holy Spirit? Did they go to a conference? You know, did Jesus have some kind of a big thing out on the side of the road? You know? you know, did Peter stand up and proclaim some prophetic word with a special anointing? No. What were they doing? You know, now, I kind of have a picture of, of Peter telling Luke, no, 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 don't fight that like that. At least tell them we were praying, along with being afraid and hiding. Spiritualize it a little bit, much like we do. You know, we we have a tendency to spiritualize our problems and our issues. Excuse me, let me buy some of your Kleenex. I just drove up here from Selma. This morning, and so my whole sinus world is totally changed again. And uh, but uh, but they were really what they were doing is that they were hiding in an upper room. It says, and they were afraid. And then we know that the Holy Spirit entered the room, with tongues of fire, and they begin to speak in other tongues and rejoice and begin to praise God. But they weren't doing what we think they should have been doing, you know? Like if you came to me at one time in my life, now I might would well be different. I might well say, well, go hide somewhere. But if you'd have come to me at one time and said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I'd have had a formula for that. You know, that, that would start with a place or a time or an altar, or a person, or something. for you know, I'd have had you some steps to take, some hoops to jump through, and all. Because I remember when I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'd go to charismatic churches and stuff, and they'd pray for me. And there was always this long litany of stuff that they would want me to to renounce, and then they'd want to cast demons out of me, and all of that kind of stuff. and uh, And most of the time, I'm going like, dude, if I'm demon-possessed, you're not, not going to get very far because I'm really a bad person <laughs> to start with. You know, I've been doing drugs and such for a long time, so... I, uh, and so anyway, I didn't receive, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that way. And I mean, I went through every little charismatic church in our area and got prayed for and had renounced everything. I renounced renouncing stuff, you know, like kind of deal. And and had, uh, you know, I had demons that I didn't realize was even demons cast out of me, theoretically. And so I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in just a very different way. You know, I received it when praying for somebody, and I wasn't even really praying for them, as in like praying for them. Was, it was a guy that I, that I had picked up on a little trip into Fort Myers, Florida. Was in, was, it was a bunch of you know, old hippies and we had to do something. And we, we, they saw this guy on the road and a bunch of the kids in the van with me, they knew him. Uh, and He was a heroin addict and a junkie. And, uh, so we stopped and talked to him and he wounded out. And so he came back home with us and stuff, and we'd been praying for him a couple days. And this night, he started going through real withdrawals. You know, back then we called it Jones, and that's when you're like hallucinating, throwing up, and just you know, you're just like this, uh, totally out of control and stuff. And so, anyway, there's like thirty or forty people here, so they, they, they they put him in a chair. Of course, you know, there's nothing that cannot can happen if you're not sitting in a chair right you know he got set in a chair in the middle of a bunch of people so we set him they they set him in the chair because i'm still kind of new i don't have the baptism holy spirit you know and i'm not sure about any of this kind of stuff so anyway but this particular guy we had connected on this trip when we picked him up and drove back because we were doing errands and so i was driving and so a lot of times it'd just be me and him sitting in the van while they went in the stores and stuff. You know we wouldn't let him go in because he'd steal something, probably. So I really, I really had this thing in me of just caring so much. And so they they all got around there, and I'm on the last guy out. You know I'm on the outside of this deal, and uh, you know and I'm just praying God do something. And I got that feeling of somebody looking at me, you know. And so I, you know I. Head bowed, I opened my eyes and looked around. And this young lady named Patsy that had befriended me and had been praying for me a lot and had actually been on this uh, trip to Fort Myers. And anyway, I look over and she's mouthing at me. And I'm going, what's she saying? So I'm just paying attention. She goes, you're praying in tongues. And I just look down. Yeah, yeah. She's still staring at me, of course, and I'm feeling it. And so I kind of, now I do the one-eye thing. Have you ever done that? When people pray for you, you ever done one eye? You know, you only open one eye to see what some crazy person's fixing to do next. What are they going to put on you, pull on your head, hit you with, or something like that? Uh, if you was in the 70s in the charismatic world, all of that stuff would happen to you if you went enough places. You'd get You'd get hit, whacked, poured on, Pushed, I mean, it's like, so you, you know, but so you, you did the one eye thing. That's where you just open one eye and you look. And so I open one eye, head down, looking at pets over here, and she's mouthing, you're praying in tongues. And so I mouth back at her, no, I am not praying in tongues, but I was. See, I received it in a, just a different way than what we're taught. Because God's not in our boxes. What happens is that we're in our boxes, and he's—he doesn't like boxes a lot. So it's hard to find him in boxes of theology or doctrine or personal opinion or whatever you want to call it. You know, we have to be willing to just let him find us where we're at, and that can be in an upper room, afraid. You know, that can be. In a a church where you're not just, again, you're afraid of something. It's afraid of uh, looking funny or acting weird or, or being thought less of. There are all kinds of stuff. But see, God's looking for people who are afraid. Because those are the ones He loves. You know, we're the one, not the 99 most of us. And so He's always seeking and searching for us. And having been a Charismatic for all these years, off and on, uh, and have seen so much of the Charismatic stuff, I am now convinced that the principal job of the Holy Spirit is to bring peace to us. Because in in the reading from John, he says it how many times? Two times? Three times? peace be unto you. Because, see, most of us, our problem is we don't have His peace. We're all goofed up inside. We're all broken about something. And, uh, and you know, if you're not broken now, you will be by this afternoon. Okay, something will happen that will break that, some little spot, old spot, this, there. And so He's wanting to bring peace first. And in the, cares of the, the abuse of the charismatic world, has been done by people who've never actually gotten healed and found peace. And so they've ministered out of these horrible, horrible, broken, self-centered, narcissistic, whatever you want to call it, places. And they've hurt us. I've been hurt. I mean, for me to be a priest is a miracle, but for me to be a Christian is even a greater miracle because of some of the hurt that I endured at the hands of Christians because they had not really ever allowed the Lord to actually deal with them. So that's my message to you at this this Pentecost, is I hope that you receive a fresh infilling, a fresh anointing, filled with the Holy Spirit yet again, as it says in the book of Acts. Filled first to heal your stuff. Filled first to bring you to a place where you're really at peace with God in all of your places. See, that's what happened to Peter on Pentecost as he experienced this healing. It wasn't an anointing as much as it was a healing. Yes, he was anointed, but first he was healed of this fear, this horrible, consuming fear of the Jews and of the Romans. I mean, he denied Christ three times out of fear. So he experienced this extreme healing and this inflowing of the peace of Christ. That's why he could stand up and proclaim and the great, one of the greatest sermons ever preached, the Gospel, to all of those people who not that many days 50 days, 60 days before, had stood and cried, crucify Him, crucify Him, crucify Him. Peter now had this peace of God. And this, this peace was the assurance of God. See, what I have discovered is that you can, you can work this up to believe something, you know. You can read this and you can go buy the books at the bookstore. You can get you a collection of six or eight books on any subject. Because there's more than that on every subject imaginable. To try to to get you to this place. And nothing can ever get you to this place but Christ Himself. The Holy Spirit. Indwelling you. Indwelling you. And bringing peace to you. Now some of us need to know that we need that because we've kind of seen it displayed differently. First, we need His peace. We need His presence. It's in His presence that we have His peace. When we're outside of His presence, we may feel like we're empowered, but we don't have His peace. And if we don't have His peace, we'll make a mess of it every time. I've made a mess of it so many times. So, so many times when all I really needed to do was stop and go, Lord, help me in my unbelief. Help me whatever. Bring me your peace. And then I could have done whatever it was I felt like I was supposed to be doing. Whatever it was I felt like I was called to do at that time and not made a big mess out of it and all and not have hurt other people in doing that. Because we, when we make a mess, it, not only are we hurt, but we hurt someone else. Because we leave them in confusion. And they walk away going, What happened? What just happened? I don't understand. It didn't work. Or whatever. And all. So that's my prayer for us, is that we will all experience a fresh anointing, or infilling, a fresh awareness and awakening of our spirit to recognize the Holy Spirit and to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding so that we can dwell with Him in peace and assurance and, and begin to grasp the smallest part of His love that He has for us and to begin to understand that love That is is beyond our understanding. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.